0: We're just grateful. I don't know, I'm just kind of excited. Kind of excited, you know. It's what I don't know what kind of. You're either excited or you're not, so I don't know, so I'm kind of excited. But today is a great day. It's Palm Sunday. And um, the song we finished with is kind of the the song I found, it was kind of whenever I finished my sermon, um, I thought, wow, this is a good song for us to sing. So either at the end of the service, if, if we can play it a uh, Hillsong and it's the whole... Thing, you know, thousands of people singing, plus us. Or if that doesn't work, Tabby, Glenda, Rhonda, back up front. But anyhow, we'll, we'll bring we'll shout to the Lord. It's, um, it's kind of like our, our, our song for Palm Sunday. Well, today, the scripture, of course, is uh, found in Matthew 21, and we'll be, um, I gave um, Terry a momenta, momentous a great number of scriptures that we're going to look at this morning. So um, keep that in mind. So uh, today is Matthew 21.1. Now when they drew near to Jerusalem and came to Bethpage, to the Mount of Olives, then Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go into the village in front of you, and immediately you will find a donkey tied and a colt with her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, you shall say, The Lord needs them, and he will send them at once. This took place to fulfill what was spoken by the prophet, saying, Say to the daughter of Zion, Behold, your king is coming to you, humble, and mounted on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of the beast of burden. The disciples went and did as Jesus had directed them. They brought the the donkey and the colt and put on them their cloak, And he sat on them. Most of the crowd spread their cloak on the road, others cut branches from trees and spread them on the road. And the crowds that went before him and followed him were shouting, Hosanna to the Son of David! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord! Hosanna in the highest! And when he entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred up, saying, Who is this? And the crowd said, This is the prophet Jesus. From Nazareth of Galilee. Mm-hmm. So that's the part of what is recorded in the, in the Gospels about the triumphal entry of Jesus into Jerusalem. But as Jesus entered the holy city, he is now coming to the end of his long journey from uh, John the Baptist baptizing him in the beginning of his ministry to now the fulfillment of. Of that ministry in which it will come as Luke said for the son of man came to seek and to save that was which was lost so Jesus has spent three years in his ministry his earthly ministry and um, in that time he taught the disciples in that time we have what is written in the Gospels and what follows with the coming of the Holy Spirit it would seem that how can a person in three years change the world. You know, we have had leaders that that ruled the world that didn't make a change for more than a few years. So we have in Christ his three years that changed the world and changed the hearts of mankind. It wasn't because people were strong in their faith. It was because the Holy Spirit was strong in the people. Well, now, as Jesus enters into Jerusalem, now was the time and this was the place and to, the, to secure the salvation for all people, for all mankind, for whoever would call upon the name of the Lord would be saved. So these are the things that as, that's pro, that is coming in this, this time here, in this triumphal entry of Jesus into Jerusalem. And it is called Palm Sunday. It is called Passion Week. It is called Holy Week. So the final days of Jesus' earthly ministry the palm sunday was the beginning of the end for his earthly ministry palm sunday began with jesus and his disciples traveling over the mount of olives now it, to get a little picture well not a big the, the city of jerusalem sits on a hill and then there's the wall of jerusalem and then it goes down into the kidron valley and comes up on the other side which is the Mount of Olives this world the olive orchard is in which Jesus prays on the um, you know the night that he is betrayed and then up over the hill going down the other side is Beth page and Bethany so he is he's not that far from Jerusalem but far enough well after Jesus said these things now we're gonna talk about what he said a little later but in Luke nineteen twenty nine. After Jesus said this, he continued traveling toward Jerusalem. So he had spoken to the people at Bethpage, and we're going to just talk about that in a little bit. But after after he had spoken to the people at Bethpage, just over the hill from Jerusalem, he continued to travel toward Jerusalem. He came near Bethpage and Bethany, towns near the hill called the Mount of Olives. He sent out two followers. He said, go into the town, you can see there, and when you enter the town, now, this was always, when I was young and remember this being read, it's like, oh, how did he know? How did he know what was going on? Well, the foreknowledge of Jesus. Jesus was not out of touch with anything that was happening in his life or in the the, surrounding. Whenever the Pharisees and the Sadducees whenever they were speaking against Jesus in the crowd, he knew what they were saying. He would answer their questions that they were thinking. And so in this case, he's telling the people, he's telling the disciples, I want you to go over into this town over here. And he says, when you enter the town, you will find a young donkey tied there. And and other version says the the donkey and its colt. Now, untie it and bring it to me. If anyone asks you, why are you taking my donkey you say to them the master needs it (laughs) so jesus has already prepared the disciples what they are to look for and he has given them the answer to the problem that is coming the difficulty that is there in our life we have those things are called in our our terminology a word of knowledge that god imparts to us sometimes a word of knowledge that certain things are coming you know certain events are coming you know um We used to, to, uh, years ago, call it ESP, extrasensory perception. I just knew that was going to happen. Anybody ever have that? Okay. Only after it happened. I knew that was going to happen. Not before. I wouldn't tell anybody before because it was nuts. But it happened. I knew that was going to happen. Well, Jesus knew what was going to happen. And so... When he told them to go find this donkey and untie it, there, sure enough, there was the owners, and he, Jesus even knew what the owners of the donkey were going to say. If anyone asks you why you are taking the donkey, say the master needs it. Well, the followers went into town. They found the donkey exactly as Jesus said. They untied it, but its owners came out, and they said, why are you taking our donkey? <laughs> and they already had an answer. Hmm. amazing how that God knows what's going on. And Jesus knows. See, there, there, was peop- there are people who would say that um, Jesus failed in his ministry, that he failed and, and then, he had to, uh, then he was crucified because of his failures. Not true. Jesus knew exactly what was going on. He knew exactly why he had come. Why he was coming into Jerusalem, why it was a triumphal entry of the King of kings and Lord of lords. He was entering into Jerusalem, a triumphal king, but yet he was the triumphal lamb that would be offered as a sacrifice for the sin of the world on the cross. Verse 35 of Luke 19. So the followers brought the donkey to Jesus and put their coats on its back. Then they put Jesus on the donkey, and he rode along the road towards Jerusalem. Now, I don't know about you, but um, do you ever ride a donkey or a horse that's never been ridden? I remember at one of our friends, whenever I was growing up, they had a horse. We had a horse, too, but he never threw anybody. I mean, bucked and threw him off. But my, uh, my f- family friends, they had a horse. Nobody could ride that horse, <laughs> and of course they tried, and we got to watch. And uh, you know it, they didn't. It didn't. They didn't. They didn't last very long. And uh, in fact, the, um, the one, the one, it, it reared up so high it went over backwards. And it was fortunate that the you know at the time the you know, people got out of the way and whatever. Uh, it could have been a, a very severe accident and been killed but um, just trying to ride a horse. Well, Jesus got on this donkey, this colt that had never been ridden before. King of kings, Lord of lords, prince of peace. Well, when Jesus ascended toward Jerusalem, a large multitude had gathered. So remember when he said, whenever Jesus was, uh, after he had finished speaking to them, he started up the mountain by Bethpage, go get the donkey. Well, what he had spoken about to them was Here in Luke chapter nineteen verse eleven. This is before the donkey. Okay. As a crowd listened to what he was saying, Jesus went on to tell a story. He was now near Jerusalem and knew that the people thought it was almost time for God's kingdom to come. So the people who were surrounding Jerusalem in that time period, they looked at Jesus as okay, he's going to be the Messiah. He's going to set things in order. He's going to, you know, save us politically, economically, you know, the whole works. Well, a very important man was preparing. This is the story that Jesus now tells them. He said, verse 12, a very important man was preparing to go into a country far away to be made king. I didn't know this, but at that time, people would leave the provinces of, um, say, of, of Jerusalem or... Uh, and in this case they're referring to the guy who was uh, made king of Jericho. And what they would do is those individuals would go to Rome and Nero or whoever was ruler would bestow upon them the kingship of that, of that area. So Jesus is drawing upon a picture that these individuals know. And so uh, he went to a prepare and a very important man was preparing to go into a far country far away to be made king. So that was something that they they had experienced. Then he planned to return home and rule his people. So he called 10. OK, this one is different. We're used to the one is that the three people, they got talents and, you know, so on. But Jesus is saying 10. So he called ten of his servants together. He gave a bag of money to each of them. And the bag that he gave, uh, the one in the commentary said, it's about four months' wages. So he gave, each, each, he gave ten of them four months' wages. Do business with this money until I come back. But the, but the people in the kingdom hated the man. So this has relation to, to Jesus. Uh, he sent a group to follow him to the other country. So these people who hated this king, they didn't want him to become king. They went to Rome to protest this whole, um, this whole uh, uh, trying to set this guy up as king. We said we don't want this man to be our king. So this actually happened with uh, Arche, Arche, Archelaus, he was, he was um, made the king of, of Jericho, and there were a number of people that went there, and so Jericho's not too far from Jerusalem, so he's drawing upon their knowledge of this event. Verse 15. But the man was made king. When he came home, he said, Call those servants who have my, have my money. I want you to know how much more money they earned with it. first servant came and said, Sir, I earned ten bags of money. You gave me one bag, I made ten. Wow. King said, that's great. You are a good servant. I can see that I can trust you with small things. So now I will let you be ruler over ten of my cities. Now, the purpose of this is, Jesus is letting them know, he's, you know, they want him to become king. You know, throw out the Romans, you know, reestablish the whole works. And Jesus is saying, No, I'm going to a far country. Basically, I'm going to die and ascend into heaven. But I'm coming back again at the end. And what's going on is I'm giving to every one of you talents. Gave them all a bag of, ten people gave them all a bag of money, four months' wages. And so one guy, he comes back with ten. So he took his talents and used them. The second servant says, sir, your one bag of money earned five bags. The king said to the servant, you're a ruler over five cities. Then another servant came in and said sir, to the king, sir, here's your bag of money. Now, it's always difficult to read this one because it's like, is the guy just not, not with it? <laughs> now, I wrapped up the piece. I, I took that bag of money you gave me, and I wrapped it up in a piece of cloth, and I hid it because I was afraid of you. Because you are a hard man. You even take money that you didn't earn. And you gather food that you don't grow. (laughs) The challenge here is. This guy. Is. Contemptuous. He, He doesn't like the master. You know he's one of those that Jesus gave him talents. But he didn't like Jesus so. In spite of what the master had given him. He wasn't going to do anything with his talent. The king said to them, what a bad servant you are. I will use your own words to condemn you. He will take, you know, and I was thinking of this, how many people think of God, think of faith in Christ? Now, I don't like to say religion and church because the the idea is people think you go to church and that's the whole thing. No, we have to know Jesus Christ And knowing Jesus Christ enables us then to understand what the Gospels are about and to even understand what's happening on this road to Damascus, excuse me, on this road to Jerusalem and why Jesus is making this journey and what is the influence of this this parable that he is telling these people. He's trying to tell them, I'm not going to be your king, not here and not now, and I'm giving each of you talents and you are responsible to use these talents in a way that will bring honor and glory to me. But this one guy, <laughs> he didn't, uh, um, he, w- he was contemptuous. He didn't, he didn't like the master. Well, you said I'm a hard man. You said that I even take money that I didn't earn and gather food that I didn't grow. If that is true, you should have put my money in the bank. <laughs> you should have done something with what I gave you. See, I think of uh, people who just don't like faith, they don't like good people, they don't like right morals, they, they make fun of individuals who are doing the right thing for the right reasons, you know, who love, forgive. You know, all the, all the principles that we have in the scriptures, they, they make fun of them as if they're some type of, um, some type of poverty person who doesn't know any better mentally. And we find that there will come a day in which they will stand before God. And, G- and this king says to the, to the men who were watching, take the bag of money away from this servant and give it to the other servant who has earned 10 bags. You See, the guy knew enough to hide his bag. He knew enough to blame the king for his not using his gifts. People who blame other people for their life Never get anywhere. It's not my fault. <laughs> the king said, "People who use what they have will get more." See, the idea is, what God gives to us is to multiply what we have. We're coming into springtime and a planting season, and you're going to be there'll be planting gardens and crops and things. Well, every seed that you plant is going to produce more. And the scripture talks to us that God will give to us, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. So you've got to do something with what you have, the giftings that you have. We can't all do the same thing. Everyone has a different talent. Everyone has a different gifting. And so God has given to us a special gift, and he wants us to use it. Um, the, the king said, people who use what they, what they have will get more. But those who do not use what they have Will have everything taken away from them. What this is saying is people who don't like godly principles, whatever they make, whatever they have for their life, will amount to nothing when life is over. The richest people in the world, when life is over, if they don't know Christ, they have nothing. Verse 27. Now, where are my enemies? Where are the people who did not want me to be king? (laughs) Bring my enemies here and kill them, and I will watch them die. It illustrates to the Jews who actively oppose Jesus and what the outcome of their opposition will be. And this dramatic phrase, I will watch them die, spoke of the harsh judgment that is coming to those who actively oppose Jesus. There's a day, there's a judgment day coming that all of us will stand before God and that we will have to give an account of who we are. Those who believe and don't believe, everyone will stand before God. A very large crowd spread out their cokes. So on this Palm Sunday then, Jesus has finished this message and he's up and he's told his disciples to go and get the donkey. They get the donkey and now he's starting up and the crowd came around Jesus and they began to spread their cloaks on the road while others cut branches from trees and spread them on the road. In strewing their coats and their cloaks and their robes that they were wearing and the palm branches, they were speaking of what is written in Second Kings. Um, then each officer quickly took his robe off and put it on the steps in front of Jehu. Then they blew the trumpets and made an announcement, Jehu is king. They were referring, you know, this act of throwing the the coat on the road and palm branches, it was not just a spontaneous thing. it 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 was a prophetic thing that they were announcing that they believed that Jesus is the Messiah. He is the king. And so they were making this announcement. John records it this way. They took branches of palms And went out to meet Jesus. They shouted praise him. Welcome. God bless the one who comes in the name of the Lord. God bless the king of Israel. So on that Palm Sunday. These individuals were praising Jesus. The Jewish crowds crowds were quoting Psalm 118. They cried Hosanna. The word Hosanna means Lord save us now. So they were, they were laying their cloaks, and Jesus is on the donkey, and they're saying, save us now. From what? The Romans, the political p- powers, the political oppression. They wanted, they wanted their nation of Israel to be restored to its greatness, and so they're laying their coats, and they're saying, save us now. Jesus, you're the one who's come to save us now. <laughs> Praise the Lord. The Lord save us. Hosanna. Hosanna. Welcome to the one who comes in the name of the Lord. And then they also include in this, Thou son of David. It makes it a clear declaration. They are believing this is the prophetic fulfillment of all that they had hoped for. Jesus of Nazareth, riding on the donkey, declared as a king, he is the son of David. Matthew 21 9 says the crowds that went ahead of him and those who followed shouted Hosanna the son of David blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord Hosanna in the highest heavens so this is a great declaration it isn't just a a walk (laughs) into Jerusalem this is a declaration that Jesus is the Messiah and but they saw him And they were declaring him to be this Messiah, but they really didn't see who he was and what he was here for. It's almost like the story of the guy who took the talent and hid it. He really didn't see what this king was and who he was. This reference to the Messiah in this psalm represented to the religious leaders some of the, uh, represented to the religious leaders that this is something they need to take care of. So in Luke 19, 39, some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. Tell your followers not to say these things. (laughs) You know, the religious leaders, you know, they always got an answer. Shut up. (laughs) That's what they were telling. Jesus, tell these people to be Quiet. In verse uh, 40 says in Luke 19, he says, I tell you, if they keep quiet, what's going to happen? The stones will cry out. These stones will shout the declaration of Hosanna. If they do not say it, the stones will say it. God is the power. (laughs) He is the creator. The stones can talk. Well, some 450 to 500 years prior Zechariah wrote this in, Ch- in Zechariah 9.9. And this is, this is r- listen to this. This is, again, 400 years, 500 years prior to this happening. Zechariah says, Rejoice greatly, daughter of Zion. Shout, daughter Jerusalem. See, your king comes to you, righteous and victorious, lowly and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. They honored him as both king and king and Messiah. <laughs> 400 years, 450 years before Jesus rides into Jerusalem. Zechariah writes about him riding into Jerusalem. We find that the prophecies about Christ entering Jerusalem, they were fulfilled in every way. His life was a fulfillment of Scripture. His life was an, a, a fulfillment of prophecy. Well, here are these people crying hosanna lord save us now putting their robes on the ground and their palm branches but unfortunately these crowds jesus didn't fulfill what they wanted him to do they wanted him to they wanted jesus to rescue them politically you know kick the romans out nationally set up israel again as a as a as a major kingdom But Jesus came to save them spiritually. (laughs) Jesus didn't come as they wanted. And there are skeptics in our world today. There are people, they don't see Jesus for who he is. They are skeptic. Their belief that God is some fairy tale or some crutch. That life has left them empty. And destitute and lifeless without hope. And so they are angry. They hold God in contempt. They hold people who have belief and faith in contempt. Because they don't possess it. But they are like the person with the one bag. They've got the talent. They've got what they need. But they've tied it up and buried it. First things first. Jesus came to take care of us spiritually. His death on the cross was for us to become united with Christ, that our sins that separate us from God would be removed. The barriers between God and us are gone. Spiritual life in Jesus Christ is what we are and who we are that we might become like him. They could neither see nor understand the Messiah's mission, Luke 1941 to 47. As Jesus approached Jerusalem and saw the city, he wept over it. And he said, If you, even you had only known on this day what would bring you peace, but now it is hidden from your eyes, the days will come upon you when your enemies will not leave one stone on another because you did not recognize the time of God's coming to you. So Jesus is letting them know, and he's weeping for the city. They're telling him to stop these, stop these people from saying this. But in, this, in the midst of all of this seemingly triumph, Jesus is crying for the city. His heart is broken because they can't see beyond what they perceive God to be. The crowds who were crying Hosanna on this Palm Sunday would in a few short days be crying, crucify him. He didn't do what he was supposed to in their eyes. Matthew 27, 22, Pilate asked, so what should I do with Jesus, the one who is called the Messiah, the one whom you called, Lord, save us now? What should we do with him? And the people said, kill him. (laughs) Kill him on the cross. And Pilate, four times I believe Pilate tries to get Jesus out of that situation. Why do you want me to kill him? What wrong has he done? (laughs) He didn't tell them to stop the messianic cries that the people had. He wouldn't listen to the religious authorities. Well, no matter what we believe, no matter what people believe on this Palm Sunday, There is coming a day when every knee will bow in Philippians 2.10. God, this so that every person will bow down to honor the name of Jesus. Everyone in heaven and on earth, under the earth, will bow. They will all confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, and this will bring glory to God the Father. There will come a time when every knee will bow before God. All the, with all those who have rejected him, all those who have been cynical of God. No matter what they have done, they've taken their bag of talents and abilities, God-given gifts, and they have hid them, buried them, because they were just going to give them back to him <laughs> because they didn't like him. But to everyone who loves him, to everyone who follows him, to everyone who allows Christ to be in their heart, he gives to us talents, abilities. As we're reading in Jeremiah that he loved Jeremiah even before he was born. While he was in his mother's womb, God called him and ordained him to be a prophet. God gifted him with what he needed to do to be this prophet of God. God has given to each one of us those, those talents. Revelation 7 9 says, Therefore, before me was a great multitude that no one could count, from every nation, tribe, people, and language, standing before the throne, before the Lamb. They were wearing white robes and were holding palm branches in their hands. These saints will shout, Salvation belongs to our God who sits. On the throne and to the Lamb. (laughs) So, who can measure the joy that will come at one time? We will once again be part of this group in which we shall praise God, in which we shall glorify Him, and as He enters into this great place of the white, uh, we wearing our white robes, we will be holding our palms. Where's Robbie? Needs to, he's not here to pick up his palms. Pick up your palms. And we have an opportunity. You know, we have an opportunity to serve the Lord. And I asked Terry if we could play that one song. As I was writing this and I came to the conclusion, this song was in my head and Tabby sang it this morning already. But this is song. Whoa, there we go. Let's all stand, shall we? Have our palms. Nothing compares to the promise that we have in him. Amen? And so that's the promise. We, one day in Revelation 7-9, there is this great multitude from every nation, tribe, language, and they they standing before the throne and before the Lamb, and they were wearing white robes and were holding palm branches in their hands. (laughs) And we'll lay it down before the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. (laughs) Palm Sunday. (laughs) There's another day coming. (laughs) and what do we have remember the promises that we have in god jesus we thank you for hearing our prayers thank you for reminding us of the promises we have in you we ask your blessing upon our lives our families help us O lord as we take the message of jesus christ to those who are lost and that god that you will empower us you will guide us with words of truth and wisdom you will give us O lord those things which you have promised. And so, Lord, we pray in the name of Jesus of Nazareth that you will, you will answer these prayers for which we speak to you. You, O oh God, will take the talents that we have and, and multiply them as we serve you. And, God, we honor you with the gifts of our praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Wave them palms. What is involved?